everyone and welcome back to A Pint with Peter, an informative and somewhat comedy podcast where I sit down with my dad and we try to bridge the intergenerational gap. Hurrah! Now dad, we left off last episode moving into festivals. Will we be discussing festivals or will you digress? Well, I've got a bit of a script here and uh, you're going to have to give me a signal because yeah, I think I think this script is 75% digression. <laughs> well, the signal's never worked. So, so some things don't change anyway hello welcome back uh i'm still peter uh can we talk for a little bit about preferred pronouns uh if you can lads i'd like you to call me either z or her is that okay are you okay with that yeah, yeah. okay if you don't mind um, i mean z is this a new one or one dad's yeah, made up i think it is Boys, honestly, you're a, you're a you're a, <laughs> dis- you're a disgrace to your generation. I knew, I knew it was an actual one. Yeah, yeah. We have we have three ladies sitting behind us, and I bet they know. I'm going to ask them at the end of this, actually. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is your potential older self talking. Isn't that a frightening prospect? I mean, what in our thirties now? What do you think? Have you met Chris's dad yet? Yeah. yeah? Was it frightening? <laughs> Okay, right. You'll be okay then, Chris. Anyway, I'm box fresh from... uh, I visited... I like to be contemporaneous here because I I think when these podcasts have been buried in some capsule underneath um, a public toilet or whatever, (laughs) they end up, they'll open it up and say, oh, yes, I remember 2022, this, that and da-da happened. So I'm I'm box fresh um, from Scotland. Um, What do you think of the storms? They're exciting, weren't they? They're crazy. Were you frightened? No, you didn't no. go and hide under the stairs or anything. No. No. I quite like yeah. listening to them and watching yeah. them. Mind you, it's not your generation who are the snowflakes, is it? Are you, are you the generation? We're a generation before. Yeah, before the snowflakes. Right, okay. I mean, the only objection I've got, because I'm, I'm trying to make these podcasts you know, politically correct, if you want. I'm a bit disturbed. These storm names are all pretty male-dominated, aren't they? I thought they meant to alternate. They're alphabetical, aren't they? Yeah, and they take it and they go alternate. I, I didn't realise that because I, I I had the first one down as Dudley. You okay with Dudley? I, I'm trying to remember the names because we literally had four in consecutive. I think of Dudley, funnily enough, as being like a Billy Bunter type character. Do you even know who Billy Bunter is? No, I oh, that's think, a shame. I, I just think of Dudley as in Dudley. Well, I come from Dunia, Dudley. Dudley. Yeah, we used to get a blue bus to Dudley. Then you had Eunice. Yeah. Eunice. That's yeah. spelt with a Y. Y U N I S. It's an Arab name. I thought it was spelt with an E. Yeah, that's why they did it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. I think, I think it was a, so, so it, it's it was not. It's female, but was named. Oh, name. no. Well, I, I had it down as Eunice. Oh, oh gracious me. And then I had Franklin. Yeah, and that's, that, that's Benjamin Franklin, yeah. isn't it? That, this is the guy with the uh, piece of wire going out in a thunderstorm, yeah. isn't it, with a kite? Yeah, and he became a leading scientist, wasn't yeah, he? he? Was, I think he? during the Washington era, something was. like. See, you get you get history here, girls. It's fantastic. You get history, <laughs> psychology. It's wonderful. Um, anyway, they are in alphabetical order, and I'm really chuffed because thank God. Do you know what the next one is? Begins with G, and it fits in with this podcast. Gladys, that's right. It's bloody Gladys. It's, like we have a studio audience. Yeah. I know. So it's probably everybody who listens to the podcast. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, and we've got a dog as well. Yeah, we've got a dog, so that makes six of us, doesn't it? I mean, so yeah, they're all in the Nord 2 pipeline, contemporary. <laughs> then a little, <laughs> now, a little later in the year, you're going to like this. I know you two guys spend a lot of your time sitting and watching these obscure channels, you know, Hitler's bunkers, those kind of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do like those What's channels. it called? There's a great one called, is it called Nazi Constructions or something oh, like yeah. that? You know, know what? Nazi Megastructures. Nazi Megastructures, yeah. So we, we've got a potentially Nazi-themed storm gig soon. Do you know what it's going to be? Herman. Oh, Herman. Oh, Storm Hermit. Storm Hermit. listed all the storm yeah. names. Really? They don't just come up with them. So we're, pay, we're paying homage here to the <laughs> uh, to the 1939-45 gig. Right, how many how many Nazi Hermans can you name? Herman Goering. That's still Goering, yeah, yeah, Goering. That's five points anymore. Herman Hess. Herman Hess. I think, um, no, I think Hess was a writer, actually. I'm going to come on to Hess later when I talk about festivals. Do you know why I'm going to talk about Herman Hess? Because I probably won't get to festivals today. Uh, I want to, I want to talk to you in particular about one festival called Fun City, P H U N, by the way. Nothing as prosaic as F U N. And then following that, a festival in Hyde Park. And one of my memories of, of Barney at that festival, I had, a, I had a spanking new copy of a book by Herman Hess called Steppenwolf. Oh, yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah. And the bastard, he was smoking <laughs> jitan, just to put you in the, in the frame, and, and he stubbed out his jitan on my brand new copy of Herman Hesse's <laughs> Steppenwolf. So this is probably why I was near to shooting him at shares later. Okay. So you've got a bit of Sturm and Drang here. I mean, particularly joking apart. Do you know what Sturm and Drang means? You're a German speaker. Sturm and Drang? Oh, Storm and Stress. <laughs> Storm and Drang, honestly. Oh my God, Storm and Drang. Anyway, I'm glad to be here. So what's left of my hair? Uh, during the Scottish episode, it was quite badly ruffled. Dentures chattering. Um, and what we'll try and do today, we'll try and uh, fumblingly open a portal into the past. We're going to cross the Rainbow Bridge, guys. How exciting does that sound? Very exciting. And hopefully it'll inform our shared present. So I'm racing over to you now with my uh, apocalyptic weather system because the big thing is your mum's still recovering now. You know, at the end of these TV programmes now, you have, if anything in this item has disturbed you, <laughs> ring this number. Yeah, I'm sure this number, it'll, you know, remember that old advert where people ring your number and it was just like a yeah. telephone in an empty yeah. room? <laughs> That's what I suspect you get from the BBC. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but, um, you know, I, I call this pensioner close. You know, it's where people basically come to, you know, it, it slowly expire. We had a six-hour power cut. Did you? Maybe yeah. it is. Oh. Did you? No. All oh, right. Did you have a power cut? Nobody, nobody here had a power cut. And uh, Julie asked him to come make tea. It's ours. But the link, the link here is um, because I've got material for the eighties, nineties, even the two thousands. But as you know, the seventies was uh, particularly around the time of the miners' strikes. It was obviously well known for power cuts. And what I've been trying to do with you guys over the past. 48 episodes is to give you an insight into the time 
Julie and I knew, but also to give you some kind of points of contact. Are you, are you okay with that? So it's a pity you didn't have a power code because you won't be able to share with me in the way in which I want you to. But um, it, it was um, a slight return to the, I call it the cold dust backdrop of the 70s, you know, long, cold, cuddlesome winter nights. Political confusion, tick. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Boris. Um, existential angst, everybody. <laughs> Give me a cheer for existential <laughs> angst. Okay, existential angst in the next room. Um, da, 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 what else have we got? I wrote this, interestingly, or I put this together in my head about four days ago. Yeah, so what, what I wrote four days ago was you've got the existential angst plus the ghastly creeping possibility of Putin-style aggro leading to our first Euro war. You predicted it. Jesus. Well, I was speaking last night to my friend in New Jersey and uh, we were both agreeing that uh, the intelligence uh, community, particularly in America, they're probably better informed. They knew this would happen weeks ago. Oh, I do so, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, you're going to make a marker in history that this is now where we are. And, um, you know, I can't run out into the street brandishing a yellow and blue flag and... Unlike you guys, I'm far too old to think of it as a Spanish Civil War situation, you know, where I tell my wife I'm going to get a rifle and bugger off to, <laughs> to the Ukraine. So that's what would have happened in the 30s, yeah? Yeah, I did say. Yeah. But, I, I mean, this is totally unscripted, but uh, when you were coming in, uh, Julie and I have, have travelled, I guess you could say, quite extensively, it was a while ago, to Russia. You know from previous conversations, I, I have a very deep abiding connection with the Far East, particularly India, you know, where, where I first went as a very young guy. But um, I've got to say, travelling in Russia, and I feel as if I should shout it out loud, this incursion into Ukraine, it has nothing at all to do with the Russian people. The Russian people, obviously you've got, got your villains and so on, it's a spectrum, but the Russian people are great people. They're wonderful people. I mean, the average Russian doesn't want or know or have anything to do with this. And uh, I, I find it quite remarkable when I've told you before, I, I'm the first person in my family, forget university, to not be bloody signed up to go and fight in some war. You know, I've told you before, my great-grandfather was in the Boer War. My maternal grandfather was in the First World War. My dad was briefly in the Second World War. Duh, duh, duh. I, I missed all that. And yet here I am, sitting here with this on our doorstep. It, re it really is quite quite, quite alarming, isn't it? But that's, that's what I'm going to say. I mean, good luck to Ukraine. I know I was sitting here on the eve of, you know, if you're a football fan, you're going to be watching uh, Liverpool playing Chelsea later this afternoon in front of a packed house. Uh, I'm going to be very interested indeed to see if there is any gesture uh, towards the situation in Ukraine, because I, I feel very, very strongly that there ought to be. Because what isn't the Chelsea owner Russian, but he stepped out. Well, well that's that's a kind of unfolding well, situation. People, they don't the trustees like some of them don't know what it means at this point. Yeah, so it's kind of a gesture. He's kind of passed it over to um, a charitable trust. 
Yeah. Hasn't he? I mean, I mean, it's quite incredible. I was reading an item yesterday in yesterday's paper. I haven't been down to London for quite a while, but apparently in these wealthier areas of London, you've suddenly got springing up these appalling shops that sell stuff, particularly sweeties. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. allegedly, they're just fronts for money laundering. Oh, the Arted Road on Upper Street. Yes. Yeah, I read yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, nobody who lives in Britain would conceivably want any of this crap, and uh, yeah. that—that's one of the things. It's, it's, it's just a front. Anyway, good luck, Ukraine. Um, so, getting getting back to this power cut, it was you know for your mum and I, it was it was a bit of nostalgia. Breaking out the candles, enjoying the burning of the midnight lamps, you know, flickering torches. Uh, we had we had a bit of wire in the shed. We made a wire toasting fork <laughs> and, and got in front of the log burner. Yeah, some people are listening and think, oh, this guy's got a log burner. You know, he'll have to, he'll have to be punished. Because I can see log burners getting banned. Hey, just because, to, of the... because of the particulates, apparently. I don't think you're allowed to put them into new builds now. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I've got a feeling that in the future, you know, Julie and I'll be sitting here and the kind of uh, log burner police will come <laughs> exactly. around and confiscate your logs and give you a kind of a hundred pound fine but um what what i found really interesting we were we were sans tv sans internet you know that speech <laughs> king leo Age, like, ages of man i feel like this is where i want a studio yeah. peter hassling king leo yeah i mean we were sitting there cranking up the battery powered radio searching out the withered board games in terms of board games you had as a kid yeah he's, he's lying actually oh, there's, well there's probably just scrabble i'm, I'm trying i'm trying to create an image of happy families here i think i think the one board game we did have would have been uh Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. Do you remember Trivial yeah. Pursuit? Well, yeah. I remember having stuff like Mousetrap and everything. It all included. Yeah. Now, Chris is a little, possibly a little bit more bourgeois than us. Now, now Chris, what um, board games did you have? Yeah, uh, we had Monopoly, The Game of Life, Cluedo, Scrabble, Mastermind. Oh, okay. Uh, Boggle. Did you have Boggle? Uh, and he sat around listening to classical music, <laughs> just discussing <laughs> Dostoevsky. Not. Definitely not. It was always the arches in Chris's house. Was it really? That's why I always have a vivid memory of. Here's the arches of my house. Wow. So there we were, anyway. And uh, <laughs> Julie... Even, you know, Julie's a bit semi-literate, you know that. But I, I suggested she maybe go, it went and chose a novel. Maybe Sit around reading to each other. Reading to each other, yeah, caressing each other's knees. Um, I suggested at one point, but she went and got a book of poetry and plucked it from the sagging, I call it my Beyond Envy postmodernist bookshelf. Because <laughs> unfortunately we don't have visual here. But I think if we were doing it visually, Chris, you'd have to have me or you sat behind that bookshelf there. Yeah. And what can you see in that bookshelf? What can you see? Just give me a quick, quick run. Lots of travel journals. Yeah, that's right. So I'm an interesting person because where, where, where have I supposedly been? I mean, you've been all over. Yeah. I mean, what can, yeah. according to this, you've been everywhere. Yeah. Prague, Australia, yeah. the Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, India, yeah, New York. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really been anywhere. What can you see on the top shelf? Poland. What can uh, you see on the top shelf? There's another India book. There's some novels. Yeah, some novels. Wilder James. Yeah. 
books of psychology there, aren't there? Yeah. Is that my hypnotherapeutic scripts on the bottom? Yeah. yeah. And there's all the, what, what are they called? Is it not Darren Brown? What's he called? Paul McKenna. Paul McKenna used yeah. to be my hero. Then you could scan up and what would you see on top? Oh, the, the head. It's a friend. Phrenological yeah. head, that is. I mean, are you into this bullshit during the COVID times when it seemed to me, I, I might be just imagining this, it started off, nobody much had a bookshelf. And then particularly men, you suddenly had a creeping succession of bigger and bigger bookshelves. And then you had a creeping succession of these bookshelves seemed to be full of uh, really kind of intellectual tomes. Do you recognise that? Um, no, because I've got a Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, think I knew anyone building up a bookshelf. No. No. Anyway... I've set the scene for you, yeah, haven't I? We're, we're sitting here with the books and the candles and the, the log fire burning and we're doing a piece of toast on the fire, ready to you know, sit there like two mice. <laughs> I've got to tell you, um, I'm, I'm going to mention this. This is, again, completely off script. You know, people have um, epiphanies. Yeah. You know, where people suddenly go out and buy a pizza and you can see the face of Christ. That yeah. Sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of thing. Well, the other day, I'm not making this up, Julie, am I? <laughs> I'm not coming from a mental ward somewhere in Prestwich. The other day, we, we, uh, we've got a little garden here. We've got uh, two blackbirds I'm particularly fond of. Mork and Mindy, we call them. <laughs> Mork and Mindy. And uh, I went out, and uh, I'm sad to relate, we're, we're very fond here of Warburton's Best White, you know, the thick stuff. Yeah. You know, there's none of this macrobiotic stuff around here. Uh, and um, I, I chucked it out. You'll back me up on this, Julie, won't you? <laughs> and I, I went out a little bit later, and I saw something white gleaming on the grass, on, on the doggy piss-stained grass. <laughs> okay. And I picked it up, and do you know what it was? Grass? No, 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 no. It was a perfect... I should have kept it, shouldn't I? It was a perfect <laughs> cut-out image of the British Isles. <laughs> oh! Look. Yeah, yeah Mum sent yeah. a picture of this, actually. Yeah. I had to put it up on to me. So, yeah. actually, so... I, I know there's a lot of stuff, you know, at neuroscience now about animal intelligence. Are you with me? Yeah. And I'm just wondering if these blackbirds actually are much, much brighter. Does this mean they're pro-Brexit? Than, than you think. Well, think they, they probably, sense. they probably because obviously the bird seed and stuff stopped for four or five days. <laughs> so they're probably worried about where we'd been. Yeah. And then when we came back, of course, we Julie bought souvenirs. And I think she, she had this can of tart and shortbread. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And a ginger wig, that sort of thing. She brought them back to give to relatives. And uh, I think these blackbirds must have seen it. Because this this uh, piece of bread, it definitely had John O'Groats and Land's End on it. Do you know what I mean? It's had a definite Cornwall and a definite case. Now, so anyway, what do you think of that for a digression? Anyway, are we still having internal quizzes in this podcast? You know, we, we had um, like a little quiz about things you could wear that were in songs. As long as it's that point system, because I had to do it Okay. Well, what I've got to say is, in what I've said so far, there are 
for all you old hippies out there, I've mentioned four Hendrix song titles in what I've said so far. It's right over my head. So if you so if you get the three other listeners, you'll have to ask <laughs> them if they know what the Hendrix song references are, or if I'm feeling kind, I'll give, give them to you at the end, okay? One was Rainbow Bridge. Um, there anyway, there's one. See, I, I just think of Vikings. Yeah. But the funny thing is, we, we you know, you've got to get back to the toasting fork and the warm, cosy fire. Suddenly, it was a bit like, what's, what's that Christmas carol where people come up crunching through the snow, knocking at the castle door? Good King Wenceslas. Yeah. It was a bit like Good King Wenceslas. You know, the trellis out here was virtually diagonal and uh, there's stuff being blown around and uh, a house brick fell off the back roof here. Yeah. And do you know who it was? It, it, this is the following morning. We had two callers, and the first, we, this is again another contemporary reference. The first, I looked up, and it was two Chinese people. <laughs> Would you believe? <laughs> it's two, chi- two Chinese people. A bit of a Jesus reference here, because one of, one of them had long. One of them had long dark hair and told us he was a carpenter. Oh yeah, I think he's probably drove by. I kid you not. And uh, they came to the door, and I found it really funny because we were talking to them, and uh, they were really polite. And they, and I tell you what was funny. It it made me think I'm living in a third world country here. What they were going on about was this power cut. Is this something that you have a lot here? You know, it was kind of. Are we going to have to get used to living? in Britain where you have power <laughs> cuts every other day do you know what I mean yeah there's that kind of it wasn't the Julie it was a kind of hint of sympathy in their voice these poor British people and I had the feeling as they walked away that they kind of they've kind of had they've had this idea of it in Britain it, it's kind of third world and if you, you, you're laughing and cheering if you get six hours of power <laughs> do you know what I mean anyway uh, we, we'll see them again and disavow them of, of this they're followed next morning by the lad next door. You know, he's a father of three. He's got all young kids. And he was really over the moon. He was over the moon. Can can you guess why? He said to me, he said, oh, Peter, it's one of the best family evenings we've enjoyed in a long time. I think he's the connected to devices. Indeed. He was genuinely (laughs) chuffed. That's why he needed game loads and batteries. Yeah. Yeah. You genuinely chuffed because they all got into their onesies and they got blankets and they've got a log fire like us. They're better off than us. They've got a gas fire, you see. We don't have a gas uh, cooker, you see. And they didn't even offer to help us out here. Community spirit. We had to to get a, a... What's it called? Red Cross package flown <laughs> in by a helicopter. But uh, don't you find that interesting that in this highly technological age, that that family that night found that experience to be elevating? Yeah. I think that is really uh, sociologically really, really interesting. And what got me thinking, and, and again, you know, when my memories dribble out, I mean, we can just have themes. And I, I was thinking, uh, you have to play with this idea. I, I think it's the pain of having too much choice. What do you mean? Can you get your head around that? I, yeah, I kind of. Yeah, you, you see, you, mean, yeah. you know, one thing I, I always 
very, very, very much resist saying to you is, you know, back in the day or back when I was young, blah, blah. Because I think it's, I think it's a bit of, um, it's too reductive. But certainly when I was younger and your mum was young, you had probably four types of chocolate. Mm. Yeah. Or you had two types of milk, you know, full fat and yeah. fat, uh, etc. I was reading an article the other day. I mean, Chris, maybe you can confirm this. If you went into a top-end, super modern, super trendy coffee shop, and if you put together, it's like a mathematical puzzle, the number of coffee types you could have. Yeah. Theoretically, how many choices do you think you'd have? I mean, is there that so, in terms of drinks, you could probably have, like, Expecto. espresso, um, cortado, espresso macchiato. I mean, I've never even heard of a cortado. Americano, latte, mocha, cappuccino. That's, like, your basic. And you, that's Pic- your basic. Pic- then you Piccolo. Can... <laughs> wow. Um, and that's, that's, like, nine drinks. Wow. That's basic. And then you've got... Shots. Espresso, your shots. Ah. And then you've got your milks combinations so you probably got full fat semi skim skim soya almond oat yeah you see immediately immediately you're into potentially because i'm pretty good at maths so you're into potentially several hundred choices aren't you yeah when you think about it i mean i mean literally you know mum and i were young it was basically either tea or coffee and the Mm. coffee would be nescafe and uh in a lot of the so-called restaurants, caps. I used to call it cough tea because it was a kind of con, but you couldn't tell if it was tea or coffee. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But uh, I think it's ironic anyway, isn't it? Anyway, that's the news from nowhere. So do you think I've hit a contemporary vibe here? Have, 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 I, have I described the time we're living through next time? Yeah, yeah. you know, with the constant blackouts in Britain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, without being cynical, Russ, I know you enjoy the view from the back of the house here where you can look down on Manchester. (laughs) I don't want to paint too bleak a picture here, but I think last time I posed that question to you, you said, yes, Dad, next time I'm here, are there going to be Russian SS-21s looming over (laughs) the the Hilton? I mean, it's a really interesting view. Yeah. Watch Manchester be bombed. You would. Watching the cloud, the mushroom cloud making its way over here. We'll, we'll move out to live with you. Anyway, that's the first five minutes, guys. I bet you don't know this, but I'm in a, I'm in a different time zone here, you see. It's, it's, like, it's like trees and flowers. I'm in a kind of different time warp here. Um, but this, I've got some really good distractions here. Am I right in thinking this is Podcast 49? It is. Podcast it is, yeah. 49, Jesus. Yeah, first one. Point five, the other yeah. So one more, and it'll obviously be the 50th. Yeah, no. well, I think the 50th will come out this recording. Wow. Oh, yeah. So if you were married, would it be a gold anniversary? Come on, girl. Do you want to do it in the sense? Would it be gold? No. 50 yeah. years. Gold. 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 Okay. I mean, when, uh, I, when I was a kid, you know, I looked after that old, lovely old lady, Mrs. Clement. Do you remember her? You did do that as a kid. Old fucker. Yeah, you, you remember that. Um, yeah. When you were a kid, he said. Oh, when I was a kid. She, Sorry, was a kid. She, Sorry, just that breath again. I mean, she would um, celebrate something every other week. I mean, she was quite religious. Okay, mm. granted. So you'd have St. George's Day and obviously St. David's Day, blah, blah, blah. 
Do, do, do you think your generation celebrates or thinks about anniversaries more? I feel like we celebrate anniversaries, but not in the sense. Mm-hmm. I'm sure me and Alex, you and Claire, you'll celebrate your anniversary being together. Yeah. But you won't be all like, oh, I know it's not a wedding, but you won't be like, oh, we need to get this. Ooh, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't need to get a certain item. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. Like the it's, all, it's almost like a birthday now, so you get each other a card and a little gift. Yeah, but some of the things I've mentioned, it wouldn't even register with you. You know, St. David's Day, for example. No. But no, sort of stuff. Mean, it's... Well, it's weird now, because I feel like... People celebrate, say, Paddy's Day just so they can, they can drink. drink. Uh, right. A lot of my Welsh friends, they do celebrate St. David's Day. So it's patriotic. Yeah. But then St. George's Day here now, I think it's just considered racist, isn't it? Ah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. a lot yeah. of people I know just don't celebrate it because they associate Indeed. it Indeed, yeah. yeah. I was chatting a few days ago to the old gentleman over here who is a tree specialist. You know the one you go around there and all the trees are all... Uh, oh, yeah, cut up. Yeah. Pruned. Topiary, it's called. I was having a chat with him and uh, he, he was telling me, he um, I think he did the census or something like that. And it, it really... Sp- struck home with me he he was sitting there i mean his kids are obviously 50 odd now and he he went to the box of with the nationality and he he wanted to put british and all the kids were pulling him back saying dad dad you can't say that that's quite telling isn't it well i think you can put it depends what you are you can put english British. Yeah. It depends what you feel. It's yeah, but he, he was obviously being told off for wanting to put British. On census, I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. that. I mean, I feel like put white British. No, no, I'm worried now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cut, cut, cut this. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I think, I mean, I, I think, obviously, because I'm retired, I've got more time, but there's some kind of anniversary now every day, isn't there? And I think they're made up a lot of them. Like it'll be the 25th anniversary of John Lennon being shot or... Da-da. Yeah, I yeah. feel like with the rise of social media... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an excuse for social media, so like executives and yeah. people accounts companies to get interaction. And also yeah. for people to seem more interesting than they are. So it's yeah. confected, it's yeah. kind of made up. Yeah, be, because what what's what struck me was, I mean it's 2022 now, and what I'm trying to do here is link up previous podcasts, are you with me? Do you think this is a good idea? I think it I is. I think it's a good yeah. idea, so keep, I, keep, I keep, keep, keep these ten people mentally <laughs> agile. So a century ago, it was obviously 1922, and I was listening to the radio, my wind-up radio the other day, and apparently 1922 was the high point where modernism really, really took off. And I was wondering, when you guys were at college because you you know you did art based stuff did you actually study modernism would you even know off the top of your head what modernism is i think off the top of my head we never touched it no, oh dear I think we did. no i definitely remember doing stuff like pop art yeah. oh right okay yeah. i mean i think we even did art deco but yeah. not, not modernism well art deco would have Oh, Let me think. You had Art Nouveau, Art Deco. Art Deco would probably be around the same 
same mm. period. I mean, for me, I mean, obviously, I'm very much versed in, in literature. So around that time, you would have had T.S. Eliot. Yeah, you know T.S. Yeah. Eliot. Uh, Virginia Woolf, Ezra Pound, Catherine Mansfield, James Joyce, Rilke. That's, yeah, that's a one. test for you, because that's a lady as well. No, it's a balance for us. I had three women and three guys there. And around the same time, the birth of modernism, you, you would you would have had all the isms, you know, like fauvism yeah. and impressionism and da da da. Do you think of any more isms? I've already mentioned one. Existentialism. Existentialism. Dadaism. Those those kind of things. They all came around it. Anyway. Like anyway. Anyway. Like anyway. Anyway. Fuck that stuff. Well, everyone, we are going to leave it there this week. We're just chatting about the art world. See, we are a cultural podcast, aren't we? Now, I was hoping to get this episode out last week, but after recording, I tested positive for COVID. My two-year streak ruined. Not the best, but frankly, it looks like I didn't pass it to anyone else in the team. However, I was knocked out for most of the week. It is not fun to have. I'm getting better though, so expect the next episode out sooner rather than later. Until then, let us know your thoughts on this one, or send me your well wishes by heading to our Twitter, using the handle a pint with Peter, or use our email, a pint with Peter at gmail.com. Also, cheer me up after a crappy week and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It will perk up my mood and help the podcast get noticed. Well, everyone, keep trying to avoid COVID. Thanks, as always, for listening. And on to the next one.